Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word today. It is an awesome day. Uh, like the broadcast, share it, subscribe, hit the notification button, the little bell. Go to whatsright.com and uh, sign up so that you don't miss anything. It's right there on the front page. Today we're talking about a fail-proof system. A fail-proof system. Did you know that God has instilled and installed in our lives uh, a fail-proof system that we can be a part of, and He wants us to be a part of it? He doesn't want us to fail. Uh, one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. One, one of the things he says right there is that I don't have any plans for you to fail. I'm always leading you to victory. The question is, how? How is he leading us to victory? I'm going to give you something today, and I want to make this statement. What I'm talking about today, when it is applied properly, I've never seen it miss. I've never seen it fail. I've never seen this miss the mark. I've always seen it win. I've always seen it in victory. And God's given it to us. And if we will learn how to apply it, we will always win. We will never fail. Why? Because it's the Lord. It's a manifestation of God himself. And uh, so let's go right now to Matthew chapter 4. And let's go and look at verse 1. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, this is the temptation of Jesus. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you're the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so one of the things that you see here is you see that Jesus tells us a way that we will have life to the full till it overflows. Uh, there's a word in the Greek called zoe, and that zoe is translated in English life. But zoe in the Greek doesn't just mean that we're alive. Zoe life means that we are thriving. And this is what God's getting to us. He's getting to us a thriving, overflowing, my cup overflows kind of life. And how do we get that kind of life? We get that life through every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word. Now this, this uh, English word is spelled, of course, W-O-R-D. But in the Greek, the Greek word here is rhema. Uh, if we spelled it with English letters, it'd be R-H-E-M-A. You can put that in the comments. The fail-proof system is the rhema of God. The fail-proof system is the rhema of God. Uh, you have some schools that are called that. Brother Hagen started Rama uh, Bible Academy, ba uh, Bible Training Center, and uh, over in uh, Oklahoma, it is one of the best schools that ever was. And the Rama was talking about knowing the Word of God and having the Word come alive to you. Here's what Rama is. When we have Rama, you remember over in John, let me show you a contrast and then I'll show you uh, the definition of each one. You remember over in John chapter 1, let's just, let's go there. John chapter 1 
and verse 1. You remember later on in John 1, it says, and the Word became flesh. Basically, in the Greek, there's two main Greek words that we translate into the English word, W-O-R-D. Okay, two main words. One is logos or logos or logos, and uh, the other one is rhema. And uh, in uh, rhema is what we're looking at today, but I want to show you in John chapter 1 and verse 1 what it says, and I want to show you the difference. So it says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was was God. And so what we see here, this Greek word is logos. This Greek word is logos. It's different from Matthew 4.4. Totally different word, although in English we use the same one. All right. Logos means the written word. The written word. Now what it says here in John chapter 1 is that Jesus was the written word made flesh. He was a manifestation of of this written word. And so when we see this word written on this page, this is Logos. All of this is Logos. But there's a different word, Rhema. And so that's what we see in Matthew 4.4. That word, Rhema, means the alive word, the revelatory word, or, or the spoken word. In other words, this is a word that is absolutely powerful. This is a word that is uh, alive to you, that you have revelation on. This is a word that God speaks right in the moment for what you need. I've never seen an alive word fail. It's a fail-proof system that God's given. So here's what I want you to see. It says, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every rhema, every alive word. Have you ever been reading the Bible and you're reading a certain scripture? Maybe you've read that same scripture a hundred times, but you meditated on it. Remember what God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1? Let's go there real quick. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I want to show you this. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, Moses had just passed away. Joshua was, was taken over command of Israel. God's given him inst instructions, and what does he say? Joshua, this book of the law, or the word, shall not depart from your mouth. Now, you would say here this book of the law, or the word here, would be like logos. It would be like the written word. He's saying this written word should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Now what he's telling Joshua is, Joshua, get to know this word. Get to know this word, because if you will get to know this word, if you will meditate on this word, if you will put this word in your heart, in your mouth, uh, actually it literally means in Joshua 1.8, if you will meditate on this word and murmur it. In other words, you will, you will utter these words. You will speak these words. You will do what Barrett was doing earlier in the Mount Moon faith, faith uh, prayer. You will confess this word. You will confess this written word. If you'll notice with our confession, those seven confessions that we have, 
there's scripture references for every word that's in those confessions. It's straight scripture that we've condensed into seven statements to cover all these different areas of life. But it is scripture promises. And why are we confessing that? Because that's what he told Joshua to do, to mutter these words. And as he does that, he says, you'll make your way successful. Now, why would that be so? Why, when we take this word of God and we confess it, you know, uh, things like he's made me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower. Why would he have me confess that? That he's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Why would he have us say those things? Well, Let's go over to Romans chapter 10. I got this one saved. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says this. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. This word here, W-O-R-D word, is the Greek word rhema. And so what happens is, he says, as you will put in the word, the logos, the written word, and you will confess it, and you will murmur it, it will turn into an alive word, a rhema word. And when it turns into a rhema word, that will produce faith in your life. And so when we hear the word preached, when we hear this logos preached and preached and preached, that's the context of Romans 10. When we hear this word preached and preached and preached, and when we meditate on the word, we can hear the word preached by reading our Bible. We can preach it to ourselves in that way. When that word is preached to us and when we're sitting in front of preachers and we're meditating, it's being preached to us as we meditate on this word, that word will change from logos into an alive word. It'll come alive in our, in our, uh, in our spirit, man. And when that word comes alive, faith is produced. And this faith will, is the victory that overcomes the world. And so the Lord shows us, basically, as we pray and meditate on the word, we receive that. When we sit under, when we meditate on it, when we sit under preaching, or when we are reading our Bibles, when we're confessing the word, when we're doing these things, that word is sitting there and it's churning. And have you, like I said before, and this is what I was getting to, have you ever read a scripture, you know, 10 times, 50 times, 100 times, and then all of a sudden you read it that next time and you get revelation on it. It comes alive to you. It becomes an alive spoken straight from the, the voice of God into your spirit. And as soon as that word becomes alive, it's now the rhema word of God and it will not fail. It will produce faith as you keep it alive, as you keep meditating on it and you keep, you keep uh, confessing it. That word will stay alive and it'll work for, for you from there on out if you'll keep it alive inside of you. That is the rhema word, and it's a system that God's given us that is completely fail-proof. Now, I'll say this again. I have never seen a rhema word not come to pass. When somebody takes that rhema word and it actually becomes not just a knowledge, but a, an alive revelation inside of them, spoken straight from the voice of God, 
all of a sudden, I've never seen one of those fail. It's it's done the. I've seen it do the miraculous. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. Let me give you several examples of this. So the first example, straight out of Scripture, is Matthew chapter four, right where we were at. So Jesus says, "Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." And then he goes straight on and gives us the exact example of how to hear from God and how to apply that rhema in his life in his beatdown of the devil. And say, put that in the comments. That's right. The de- Jesus beat down the devil. Amen. That's right. Jesus beat down the devil. He didn't play around with him. He beat him down. And how did he beat him down? By the rhema word of God, the alive revelatory word. So here he is right in this temptation, right in this physical t- challenge, right? And what does he need? He knows how to win. He just said it. Man shall live, they'll win by every word. Lord, I need your word. I need your scripture right here. I need a straight word from you right in the midst of this challenge. I need it right now. And so the Lord fed him the exact scriptures. Those scriptures came alive in him. He spoke the word of God and the devil had to flee. He spoke it. So let's read it. Look at what happens. The first thing that the devil does, if you're the son of God, you're hungry right now, you've been fasting, turn these stones into bread. Jesus says, the the word of God came up within his spirit because he was in relationship with the Holy Ghost. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, Take that, devil. He used the sword of the spirit, that rhema word, and and he stuck a pin right in the devil's prideful balloon. No, that's not how it works, and you know it. And here's the scripture to back it up. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So what do you see from the devil? The devil's like, oh, you use the word. Let me try to use the word against you. And he takes a scripture out of context and tries to trap Jesus with it, tries to get him. Jesus, Jesus says, Lord, you know, if you can imagine this happening, I need that rhema word about this. I need the scripture right now. I need your word to come alive inside of me. The Holy Ghost out of fellowship gives them that. Put that in the comments right now. The rhema came from fellowship. The rhema, the fail-proof system, came from fellowship. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, you know, it's kind of like, nice scripture, devil, nice bluff. How about this? Boom. And he, he says, it, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, what you just told me to do is a direct contradiction of the word of God. But the alive word comes up in Jesus and and he spears the devil again. Again, the devil, verse 8, took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan, for it is written. Again, Jesus saying, I need the alive word. Lord, show me the scripture. So out of relationship, out of fellowship, the alive word comes. All of a sudden he says, go, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and began to minister to him. So the devil tries three different temptations. Uh, you know, he, he, the three main ones, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He tries all of those three. They worked on Eve in the garden. They've been working on mankind ever since. He throws them at Jesus, and Jesus gives him the rhema word and sends the devil running. Jesus wasn't on the run. The devil was on the run. Now, I want you to see this. Jesus wasn't doing this in his divine nature. He left that on the throne to come down to earth. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that he was humble to leave that and become in the likeness of men. He had to beat the devil and he had to sin not in the likeness of men first. So what he was showing us is every man, every man, woman, and child can operate in this exact system, this fail-proof system of the alive rhema word of God. All they have to do is get in fellowship with God, and God will feed them that alive word through their fellowship. And so he showed us exactly what to do. Here's how you do it, believers. Here's how you do it. Everybody that will follow me from this point forward. This is what you do. Get in fellowship with the Father, and which we'll do through Jesus after he goes to the Christ. Get in fellowship with me, and, and he said, and I'll give you exactly what you need. I'll give you that alive word. So hallelujah. You see that. Now one thing I want you to see about Jesus is this. I want you to see this is that every word Jesus ever spoke was rhema. Every word. Why do I know that? Because the Bible says he never said anything but what the Father said. said. So in other words, he heard every word he spoke, every action he took. It was rhema. That's why he, it worked like that. See, his fellowship that with the Father, his fellowship was so powerful and so strong and so connected, and that's what he died for you and I to have, is to have that fellowship. His fellowship with the Father was so strong, everything he did was rhema, that's why he didn't fail. That's why he won. And that's how you and I can win is because we will say, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I'm going to get my fellowship right. You will show me what to do. You will show me how to, how to, how to say it, how to do these things. And we will act in a fail-proof system living out God's word, living out his raiment every word he had. Let me give you another example of Jesus doing this. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Let's go to John chapter 8, talking about the story of the adulterous woman. Now, we just talked about it yesterday, but to give you the background, here it is. Uh, the Pharisees catch a woman in adultery. They catch her right in the act. They bring her in front of the crowd in the, in the middle of this uh, open crowd, and they say, this woman was caught in act. Jesus, what should we do? Now, they were trapping him. They were trying to set up a trap. If he, if he says, the law says to stone her, then he's going to lose the favor of the crowd. But if he says, no, don't stone her, don't stone her, then all of a sudden, he's breaking the law, right? So he can't break the law, but... There's got to be a different thing. You've got the pressure from the, the government leaders. You've got the pressure from the people. You've got this lady that God's heart wants to save, 
What does he do? He sits down and in his fellowship. And in just a couple of seconds, he comes here and he, and he says in uh, John chapter 8 and verse 7, But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. In other words, what did he hear from God? We know he didn't speak without hearing from God. So in this moment, he hears from the Lord. Whoever doesn't have sin, you be the first one to throw a stone. Knowing that they would be condemning themselves because all of them had sin. And so he said, that, that's fine. If you don't have sin, you throw the first stone. And so here it is, right in the middle, to save this woman, to not, uh, you know, not sin against the law. The Lord gives him a rhema with all these pressure points. He's got three different pressure points. The people, he, he's got the people there. He's got the government leaders. He's got this lady that he wants to get the love of God to and save and empower her to go and sin no more. Lord, what do I say? I need your alive word. I need a winning word. I need a proof word, and the Lord gives it to him just like that. Hallelujah. This is a fail-proof system. Now, here's, here's one thing I want to show you, and I'm going to give you a couple more examples. How do we get this rhema? Well, I've already given you. We'll, we'll read the word. We'll meditate on the word. We'll confess the word. The more we confess the word, the more it comes alive in us. We will, we will hear preaching. If, as we sit under anointed preaching, that word will come alive to us. I've watched many people while I've been preaching. They'll be sitting there. All of a sudden, you'll see the light bulb will come in. Boom. And I'll, I'm like, oh, they got it. They got it. They know. You know, somebody will get it in the middle of the service, and they'll stand up and sh start shouting the glory to God. Hallelujah. They'll start shouting. Why? Because they realize I just got the victory. I remember one time I was sitting in a meeting, and um, one of the things, it was with Brother Tracy Harris. And I'm sitting in that meeting, and he walks by. I've read this verse. I believe it was 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 or chapter 6. And uh, I think it's chapter 3. And it says that God has made you adequate ministers. Well, I'd felt I'd been challenged pretty much all my life. Like, am I good enough for God? Am I good enough? And I'm telling you, he spoke that word. He spoke that word, and he was standing right in front of me. Had he not been standing right in front of me, if I'd have jumped up, one, I'd have shocked the mess out of him. Two, because I got it, and it wasn't going to be quiet. It was going to be loud. Two, he was standing right at my knees. If I'd have stood up, I'd have knocked him back. But I know... <coughs> Excuse me, on the inside of me, I was like, glory to God. I'm an adequate minister. I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait to be made adequate. I'm adequate now. And I got it. Man, it came alive to me. I'm telling you from that day forward, I was a different minister. Why? Because Rhema came alive, and from that day, I've been an adequate minister. I've known it. I had faith on it. Faith arose in me that God, according to that word, made me adequate. That God made me able, right? Uh, the King James says able. The New American Standard says adequate. I knew that I was able and adequate as a minister of God. I mean, that word came alive inside of me. And uh, another time, another thing uh, that you can do is this. 
Do you remember in Matthew, let's go there, Matthew chapter 6. Now, as you're turning there to Matthew 6, let me read again this verse in Matthew 4, okay? In Matthew 4, let me read this again, 4.4. 4. It says, he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We know that Jesus was the bread that came down from heaven. We also know that the bread of life were the words that he spoke. We know from the full context of the word that the bread that we need is not a physical bread, but it's a spiritual bread of the written word of God, and Jesus was the manifestation of that. Now let's go into, uh, so the word is our bread. The word is our bread, right? Now let's go into Matthew chapter 6 and look at the Lord's Prayer. He says, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. What's he saying? The words that you need today from God, the rhema that you need today, we should wake up each day and by faith say, Lord, give me today the rhema that I need. Give me today the alive words that will give me life to the full till it overflows. I don't need them tomorrow. I need them today. I need to know when to sell a stock today. I need to know how to answer a question today. I need to know how to solve a problem today. And your word tells me to pray in faith that you're going to give it to me today. Lord, you're going to give me a fail-proof system of the alive word I need today. And so, see, we should be believing that God will give us those alive words every single day. Not wishing and a hoping like the world does. No, not that. But in faith, Lord, you're going to give me the rhema I need today because you told me to pray that way. And if I don't pray that in faith, I'm in sin. So I'm expecting that not only am I supposed to pray this way, but you're going to give it today. You give us our daily bread every single day. Hallelujah. So he gives us the, the daily rhema, that daily word that you need today. Did you know that God would give you a fail-proof word every single day? And not just one, but he'll give you every one you need. Did you know God would give you that? Did, have you been asking for it? You have not because you asked not. Have you, been, have you been commanding these words to come into place in your life and by faith receiving? Lord, I'm going to receive what I need today. You know, it was funny. Just this morning, excuse me for a second. Are you getting something out of this? I hope so. Just this morning, just this morning, uh, my wife calls me, Nicole calls me. She says, hey, uh, we just had a situation at work. And uh, it's not exactly pretty. And uh, I said, okay. And so I, she said, if you would be praying about it. She said, I need this, I need this situation to work out. It, it'll be fine. It just needs to work out. I was like, okay, no problem. So I'm getting ready to come here for the broadcast. Sure enough, right as I'm getting ready, I hear the Lord, like I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost, and I get the rhema of God. I get a revelatory word. And the revelatory word was, this is what you need to do. 
you need to, you need to do this, and uh, you need to take this responsibility, and you do this, and God's going to give you what you need. And so I called her. That's what the Lord said to me. I called her. I said, hey, I think the Lord just spoke something to me. And uh, I said, here's this, this, and this. She said, that's funny because I just told them that I would do exactly what you just said, and you just confirmed every bit of it. Now, what is that? That's the rhema word of God that will give her a provision to handle that whole thing. It's, the, it's that alive word. And now, not only, not only does she have the alive word to give her provision to live off of, life to the full till it overflows that John 10 talks about. Not only that, not only does she have the provision, but she has the confirmation and the resolve, God's in this. God's in this. How did that come? A fail-proof word of God, a rhema word of God. One time, uh, one time I was sitting there, and uh, it, it was interesting. Um, my, you know, I've talked about the prodigal son and talked about the pig pen. Uh, my dad had a couple of pigs uh, at his house, and uh, we were sitting there, and I'd go out and feed them, and you know that. I'm glad I didn't have to take care of. But uh, anyway, we went in to check on them one day. And, you know, if you've not been around pigs, they can get aggressive. And uh, the bigger they get, the more aggressive and the more damage they can do. And uh, so we would just take a stick in there, just kind of nudge them off and everything like this. Well, this day, this one pig, he was getting upsized. He could have he hurt us and um, if he wanted to and if we'd have let him get the advantage. And... Um, so this one pig, he decides he wants to challenge us because we had come into his space. And my dad had a, had a pole and a stick, and uh, he was just trying to you know, get him back. But that pig charged at just the right moment, and that stick hit him right between the eyes, and the pig went like this, boop, and fell over dead. <laughs> fell over dead. Well, you know, that's all, you know, he, he's you know, an animal on the farm. You have a, have a pig, but here's the thing. You ever been in a pig pen full of mud and muck and trying to move, you know, several hundred pound pig around, like drag him from downhill? Like, that's not what we wanted to do. And it wasn't time for us to cut him up and turn him into bacon yet. It wasn't time for that. And I was like, huh, what are we going to do? And, and so we're sitting there and we're, we're just seeking the Lord. And my dad says this. He says, well, he said, the Lord does say he'll watch over our crops. Right, And this pig is a part of my crop, and I don't want him dead yet. Well, that was enough. That was, that was a word from the Lord, and we don't have necess- That was rhema to start praying, but it was, it was the beginning of it, okay? So we start praying. All right, pig, you got to come back to life. And uh, we start praying. We prayed in English. Uh, because why? It wasn't time for him to be harvested. It wasn't. It was a hassle, you know. Um, there was a lot of things. God cares about the small things in your life, not just the big things. This to some people it may be small. To us, it was a big hassle. We didn't want to deal with it that day, you know. Plus, it wasn't time. He still needed to grow some more so that we could harvest him when he was the right size. And so we don't. We don't have. You have to understand in the kingdom of God, you don't have grapes that fall from the vine early. This pig had fallen from the vine early. No, you want it to be fully ripe. You want it to go to the full size. And this, this incident that had just happened was actually attacking the harvest. God cares about that. And he's given us promises over it. And so we started praying. And, uh, 
Uh, we started praying. We prayed in English. You know, pig. It felt kind of funny praying for a pig to come back to life. Pig, come back to life. Pig, come back to life. <laughs> you know, whatever, the, whatever we felt led to pray. Anyway, it didn't work. And uh, so then uh, we went on. I prayed, in, uh, I prayed in English. Then I prayed in tongues. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to pray. I'm going to pray in tongues. So I started praying in tongues. Pig, you got to come back to life. You know, and I'm praying and everything. And we prayed uh, for about five minutes. Nothing happened. And uh, I went, okay. We stood back up. We stood up in that pig pen, and we're sitting there. And right in that moment, the rhema word from God came, and it hit me. I mean, the Holy Ghost. There was a gift of faith that came alive on the inside of me, and the word from God. Now, I want you to see that this was, came straight from the Lord. It wasn't a scripture, but it came straight from God, and I knew it was God. And that was, you're not done yet praying. You're not done yet praying. This is not over. And I felt that rush of the gift of faith. And all of a sudden, I went down, I grabbed that pig, and I started praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and within seconds, the pig goes like this and comes back to life and then complete. Now, he was a little funny for a day or two because he did get hit in the head, but, but he completely recovered. We had him for a long time after that until it was time to harvest him, and then we harvested him. You know, but it was a rhema that brought life back to our crops. You know, a rhema of God can bring life back into your finances. It can bring life back into your home. It can bring peace. It can drive the devil off. It can send the devil fleeing and running, right? The rhema from God is what we need. It's God's fail-proof system, but we got to know how to get it. Let me tell you one more, one more thing. Uh, so when we get rhema, it starts like this. It starts in our fellowship. You're not going to have rhema never giving God any attention. You're not going to have rhema by having no fellowship, right? You remember me talking about uh, the other day, if you were listening to the broadcast, you remember me talking about I was in a crowded room, and um, all of a sudden, uh, in this crowded room, uh, the Luke was there with some other kids, and the adults were trying to talk. Luke was across the room, probably 30 feet away, and um, all of a sudden, the kids started getting so loud that the adults were having a hard time. And I was just telling, I wanted to tell them to take the volume down some. Well, I didn't want to disrupt the adults' conversation, so I thought, well, I'll just snap. And I've taught my son to pay attention when uh, I or his mom uh, talk or make any, you know, make any motion. He should be watching. He should be listening. In the middle of this room, all I did was this, like that. He recognized my, now he's four. He recognized my snap in the middle of all that noise, and he goes like this and looks up at me knowing that it was me who did it. He, start, he looks for me, catches me, finds me in the room, and I, and I just go like this. And no, it didn't bother anybody else. Now, why would he hear and recognize that snap? Because we are in fellowship, because we're in relationship. You know, it, it's, it's funny, but I can, I can make a noise and Nicole will, you know, know something. She can give me a look and I'll know what she needs, you know. We can, we can make a certain gesture or motion and our girls will actually there. You're not going to get rhema. You're not going to receive a live words without fellowship. But in fellowship, the Lord will just breathe a breath 
of the Holy Spirit's word to you. And you'll go, oh, that's it. That's what happened this morning as I was getting ready. It wasn't this really, really strong thing. It was just almost like a, a breath of the Holy Spirit showing me his plan for Nicole for that situation to work out. Had I not been in fellowship with him, I would have missed that. I would have just thrown it away. But because of fellowship and intimate fellowship with him, what we've called a reset fellowship, when we reset our fellowship, all of a sudden I caught that and it gave Nicole the strength and the confidence and the resolve and the faith that she needed just to take her faith to the next level and receive everything that she needed. This is where God wants us to live, but it doesn't come without fellowship, without intimate fellowship. It doesn't come without sitting under a true word of God preached. You know, you got people that are preaching, you know, just a, a worldly uh, message. You're not going to get Ramos out of a worldly message, a feel-good message. No, it's got to be the Word of God. It's got to be the full gospel. You know, It's got to be followed with signs and wonders. If it's not being followed with signs and wonders, Acts tells us that's not the full gospel. Or excuse me, Romans tells us that's not the full gospel. I think it's Romans chapter 15, verse 18. You see right in that passage, the full gospel carries with it, is defined as the word preached with signs and, and wonders following it, right? That's the full gospel. That's the word being preached correctly. And that kind of word will bring rhema. You're not going to get rhema without spending time in fellowship with God in prayer. You're not going to get rhema without spending time in fellowship in worship. You're not going to get, uh, you're not going to get uh, rhema without spending time with God in the Word. You're not going to get all the rhema that you should without meditating on the Word, without confessing the Word. You know, as you meditate on that Word, you're thinking on it, you're meditating on it, all of a sudden the Lord will bring things out of it. As you're confessing it, it'll come alive to you. I know when we, you know, have those confessions, I speak it. Barrett went back and uh, today and did the confession too, that we are out of debt, you know, and we carry a supernatural debt canceling anointing and we move in abundance for every good work. When you move, when see that confession, it comes alive inside of you. It changes things. All of a sudden you're like, yes, I am out of debt. And the Lord is giving me favor. What's happening? Faith is there. Go back to Romans 10 and verse 17. Faith comes by hearing that word, that Logos word, over and over and over again, meditating on it, preach to me, reading it in the word, praying it out, that word that I'll pray and meditate on and confess and hear preach to me over and over and over again, that will produce the rhema word. And that rhema word now produces a real faith. See, a lot of people think they're in faith, but they've never gotten rhema, not knowing that faith actually comes by rhema, not by just reading it alone and having no revelation of it. No, this word comes alive. When my dad was uh, not saved and getting born again, he was challenged to read this word. And as he read through the gospel of John, he said something happened. While I was reading that gospel, the, the written word 
came alive. That written word produced faith inside of him. It became went from being just the written word to being a fresh spoke spoken, fresh breath word from God. It came alive to him. It raised up his faith that God would save him too. And within a month, he got born again and, and all of a sudden did great things for God. That word comes alive to you, but it comes through fellowship. You can't have rhema. You can't have a foil-proof, fail-proof word of God without having fellowship. That's why the Lord wants us to enter into fellowship. That's why he wants it so much. Let me tell you one more story, and then we're going to pray. So some years ago, uh, the Lord told uh, Nicole and I, uh, we had a company. I thought I was going to have the company for the rest of my life. The company gave us the ability uh, to have just enough. (laughs) I'm talking about just enough. uh, To buy a house and move to Albemarle. The Lord wanted to use that company just to get us here and get us planted so that then we could establish the church some years later. I didn't know that at the time, but as soon as we got here, the Lord started talking to me about selling that company. And I thought, no, no. At first I thought it was me. Then I found out, no, that's the Lord. And so as we went into that, the Lord said, I want you to sell this company. Well, here's the problem with that. I didn't have another job lined up. Nicole didn't have another job lined up. You know, I, my resume basically had me. My resume had me as the owner. What am I going to put? What am I going to put on an application? You know, uh, well, here's your, here's, you know, here's the people that'll tell you that I did good. Me, you know, and uh, you can call my dad because I used to work for him. <laughs> you know, what kind of application is that with myself and my dad as references? And that was, you know, what kind of job am I? I can do you a really good job, I promise. You know, that's not how they hire you. And uh, so what am I going to do? But the Lord said, sell the company. About that time, Nicole gets, uh, she gets some direction from the Lord. Go get this temporary job. Well, she's, gonna, she's making like $10, $11 an hour. That's not going to pay half the mortgage. Forget about the rest of the bills. And But that's what the Lord told us to do. We were obedient, and uh, she went and got this temp job. Now, listen to this. She was at that temp job for one, one week, and the lady at the end of the week, she worked Monday through Friday. On Friday, the lady turned to her and said, I'm not going to be here long, and I'm going to train you to be my replacement. Glory to God. The only issue is, well, what does that mean? You know, I mean, that could mean 25000 a year. We needed a minimum, a minimum of Thirty-five to forty thousand a year to pay for all the debt that we had. You know, we needed a minimum of that, and uh, so that's great that she's going to hire, and that's definitely going to help. But here's two things: how much and when. You know, because you got to leave for her to get the job. When are you planning on doing it? And we need. When she got that job, it was about six months later that the company got sold. It was about six months later, and uh, so here's the thing. We're giving away all this, and we're moving towards a place where our income goes to nothing, basically. The only thing that would be left over in the end, there's a big, long, beautiful story, is $1,000 a month. $1,000 a month, and it, that wasn't even enough to pay the mortgage. It wasn't even enough. What, am I gonna, what are we going to live on? That's it. But we knew God said it. 
In the middle of it, man, the pressure started coming. We started like, is this? No, we're pretty sure God said to do this. We feel, I mean, we had our own family members who thought we had lost our mind. We had fallen off the cart. And uh, because it was the most illogical thing, you're going to sell a, a company that makes money. Well, what was the Lord doing? He was preparing us to build this church. He was putting us in a position to establish a kingdom stronghold in this area, not just for us, for the people that are here, for the congregation. And, and we had to put our lives on the line. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for using us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be used by you. We had to, by faith, put our lives on the line or else it wouldn't have been established. He would have used somebody else that would have put their lives on the line. We were just willing to put ours on the line. And uh, we needed to be obedient. Well, sure enough, here's what happens. The Lord speaks to me. I'm sitting out back one day, and I know that we've heard from God, but I don't know how this thing's going to answer. We have about three months before our income basically falls to nothing. About three months. And then I don't know what. You know, as soon as that happens, it won't be long. They're prob if we don't have income, they're going to come for the house. They're going to come for the car. I, where am I going to go? Where are we going to live? I don't want my kids to have to go and live in a tent in the woods, but I was willing to. You, know, you understand, I was willing to. The word says this, Revelation 12 and verse 11. It, they overcame the devil, right, by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to the death. In other words, they didn't love their comfortable lifestyle so much that they wouldn't put it on the line for Jesus. That's how they overcame. You want to be an overcomer, you can't, it's not going to be comfortable in your flesh all the time. You got to be willing to jump out of the boat. You want to walk on the water, you got to jump out of the boat. You want to be an overcomer, you got to put your life on the line, right? So many people, forget about their life on the line, they won't put an offering on the line. They won't, they, won't put, they won't put their bank account on the line. They won't put their retirement on the line. They won't put any of that on the line. They want their comfort, and that's why they'll never be an overcomer. But when you are willing, now I'm not telling you to go out there and do something that God didn't say to do. I'm saying most people haven't even challenged their self to be ready to do it, and that's why they never become the overcomer that God destined them to be. We put it on the line. We were, Nicole and I both, understand, it was a decision that both her and I decided if we've got to go out there in those woods and sleep in that tent in order to be obedient to God, and we know that God's telling us to do it, which we, had, we knew at this point, hey, we'll teach the, teach the girls and show them how to operate in faith, and they'll see it, and they won't understand it, but they'll see the breakthrough and the victory because we know God's bringing it. And so we're putting it online. Three months. We got about three months to go before everything falls apart if we don't have income. I'm sitting out back. I'm just crying to the Lord, not in fear. I just, Lord, you know, I, no, well, I wasn't crying at first. I cried after he gave me the rhema. I'm sitting out there. I'm just worshiping him, Lord. Lord, you know, whatever you need, I need to do, you just show me and I'll do it. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep believing you. I love you. Lord, I love you. I'm just, what am I doing? I'm fellowshipping with him. I'm fellowshipping with him on the back corner of our property. The wind is blowing over the field. I'm just spending time with him. I mean, what else am I going to do? You know, try to create a job, build the house myself? No, if God's not the builder. I'm sitting on the back corner of our property, looking over the field. 
I'm just worshiping him. I'm not worshiping him in fear. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the details. I'm, I'm just worshiping, spending time with him. All of a sudden, the Lord speaks to me. He says, I have given you this place, talking about this house. I knew exactly what he meant. I've given you this house and this property for many years. I've given you this place. Man, that was an alive rhema word straight from the mouth of God, breathed by the Holy Spirit. It hit my spirit. Strong, strong words, powerful. When the Lord speaks and when that rhema comes alive, it's authoritative. It, will, it does something to you. And I knew everything's going to be okay. And I, I started crying. I was like, I know, Lord, I, I heard you. Everything's going, how? I don't know. But I heard what you said. You've given us this place for many years. I, you've given us this place for many years, and it will be so. Lord, I praise you. We worship you. I told Nicole, you know, I just praised because I knew it was over. I knew once we had the bread of life, once we had the rhema, this situation's over. <laughs> Within a few weeks, they said, we're offering Nicole the position. We're offering her the position. I said, I was going down the road, and I said, okay, now they're offering, but when is it going to go active, and is it going to be in time? You know, when it's dropping off, is it going to meet, or is there going to be a gap? You know, I don't know, is the Lord going to fill that gap in some way? He could do it in so many different ways, but all right, how much is it going to be, and when is still there? Great, you're offering her the position. All of a sudden, she gets, uh, they say, she calls me and says, they're going to give me an offer tomorrow. I said, okay. And uh, I'm driving down the road. I was coming home from work. I'm driving down the road on Highway 49. And all of a sudden, uh, I said, Lord, we need this offer to be right. We need it to be in a good range. It needs to be a blessing. And, uh, uh, and, and I said, it needs to be at least, I mean, at a minimum. I don't, this would be like barely getting by, if that. It needs to be at least 35000 at least 35 a year. And uh, the Lord said this to me. He said, <laughs> I learned a lesson this, this next day. He said, how much do you want it to be? And I said, oh, wow, Lord. I was like, I, I said, uh, I'd really love it if it would be 50,000. I, I like that would be such a blessing if it was 50,000. The next day the offer comes in and it is $50,400. And I was like, glory to God. And guess what? The week my income went down was the week hers came on. No gap. Actually, we moved from a lower amount to a higher amount, just like that. All this illogic, you know, lack of logic that we had bet on based on God's word, the rhema word of God caused us not to fail. But listen, we heard from them. See, a lot of people think they've heard from God. This is why a pastor is important, to have confirmation. The rhema word of God that came out of fellowship, it sustained us. I'm telling you, we've had that place for many years now. We've had it for many years. Now, let me just show you something I did miss on it. Uh, you know, when he said, I have given you this place. I want you to hear it. It took me about 10 years before I recognized this. The Lord told me he's, he's already given us that house. 
In other words, I've been paying payments on something he already gave to us. I hadn't applied faith to what he had already granted to us. When I called it a few years ago, I went, oh, right now, Lord, you're giving us the full house, and you're putting it in our hands right now. We have it now in the name of Jesus, like Mark 11. I believe I have received that house, and right now it's manifesting. That thing's going to be completely paid off. I caught what he said. Finally, I woke up to it. Listen to every word that God says. His words are important, and he doesn't mince them, and he doesn't just throw out random ones. He's very very specific. And many times when people say, the Lord said this to me, I'll say, what exactly did he say? Not what you think he said. What exactly did he say? But I want you to see something else where I missed it. He said, how much do you want that to be? The next day, it was exactly what I asked, plus a little bit extra. And then as soon as I got, it came in and I looked at it, I went, glory to God. And then I went, oh, no. <laughs> what could I have asked for? Stupid, stupid, stupid. And I realized I limited God because I only asked for that amount. He met exactly what I asked for. If I'd asked for more, he would have met it. And I've learned if he says, ask me for it, then I pay attention and I ask big. I don't ask little again. I've had that happen one other time. And when he asked me, I'm telling you, I ask big. I ask big. And, uh, and he met it. And he's, he's still meeting it to this day. I ask big. So now, here's what I want you to see. Rhema, this fail-proof word, this, this foil-proof, rhema word of God, this foil-proof system, it only comes through intimate fellowship with God. This is why Jesus said, it's part of God's plan when he said in John 3.16, and the end result of John 3.16 is that you and I would have eternal life. John 17, 3. The end result is that eternal life is to know God the Father and His Son, to be in intimate fellowship with Him, to be in intimate fellowship with Him. The end result of Jesus coming to the earth and dying is for you and I to be in intimate fellowship with God because in that intimate fellowship is everything that you need. What the scripture says in Isaiah, God is not withholding any good thing. There's no good thing God's withholding from those who walk uprightly, from those who walk righteously. He's not withholding anything. How does he get it to us? In him, John 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being. We have life to the full till it overflows. We know where to go and we're provided for to get there. And anything we need to come into being, anything we need to change, anything that we need to be created, all of it is found in intimate fellowship with God. And in Him, the Lord will give you direction. He'll give you the Spirit's leading and He'll give you the live rhema word, the rhema word, a fail-proof system because on that rhema, faith Supernatural faith is built, and it'll go to work, and it will not fail. It will not fail. That rhema word through fellowship. Would you like to walk in a fail-proof system? Would you like to walk in a fail-proof, foil-proof word of God and see these things, not just every now and then, but every day? If you'd like to see that, then you've got to hear that word from the Lord. But in order to hear the word and hear the rhema, you got to be in intimacy.
Let's just pray right now that no matter where you're at, you may have known the Lord all your life practically, but let's go, let's take it to another level today. Let's take our relationship higher. Let's not be held back. So just pray this with me right now. Say right now, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. That means that whatever you tell me to do, I will do. You're on the throne, and you are the director of my life. No matter how big or how small, you direct my life. You direct my steps. You direct my thoughts and my words. I will not sin from this point forward. I give you my, my life, and I will walk in righteousness, and you will not withhold any good thing. And I believe that you died for me, that you took my sin on you. And that sin took you to the cross and to death and the grave. And I believe that God brought you back to life. And when he raised you from that place of death, oh, Lord, you didn't leave me in that place of death. But with Jesus, you raised me up and seated me in a position of authority with him and a position of fellowship that I can hear you. I can commune with you. I can have intimate fellowship with you and hear rhema words. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now, let Jesus baptize me with you and with fire that I might be empowered. I just felt, I felt the fire of God and the Holy Ghost hit some people. Glory to God. I felt it. If that's you that it hit, put a hands up in the comments. I want to know about it. I felt it right when we said that. The fire of God hit you. Thank you, Lord, for changing lives right now. There's an anointing pouring out. I felt that. I felt that flow, that virtue flow into you. Glory to God. That means your life has changed from this day forward. You will never be the same. I felt it. Felt it strong. It was, it was different. Thank you, Lord, for changing lives. Thank you for a renewal. Thank you, Lord, for a new intimacy where rhema and faith can flow. Thank you, Fathers. Ho, ho, frikini alo toma ariete. Lara tu frikini alo ufringo oma also. Opa repe bekere. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we just praise you. Lord, we receive everything you have for us. Right now, we receive it. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that person might be laid out. I hope they are. I hope they are slain in the Holy Ghost and receive a download. Thank you, Lord. That was powerful. It's like a shifting, shifting, hallelujah, from the throne room into your life. You know, listen, let me, let me give this to you too. Hey, Victoria, good to see you. Um, let me give this to you. You don't have to feel anything in order to receive. It's kind of like this last Sunday. Multiple people were healed and delivered, and the power of God hit their life majorly, majorly. Just this past Sunday, 
for most of the prayers, there's only a couple of things that I felt. Most of them, including the big ones, I didn't feel physically or sense anything. I just knew that faith in the Word would produce the anointing, and it did. So you see, you don't have to feel something to know. You can just know by faith. Oh yeah, I received I didn't feel anything, but I know by faith I have it. That's it coming alive inside of you. Just for somebody who might be sitting there and not feeling anything. We're not just talking. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to, but I believe somebody did. <laughs> I do believe somebody did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your intimacy. Thank you, Father, for your intimacy. Amen. Kevin Nowicki says, I'll take it if no one, no one else wants it. <laughs> it's mine. Amen. That's, that's the heart you want. Kevin Buck's sitting here. He's doing the same thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just receive it. We receive it. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, even as we wrap up today, even in an offering, do you realize an offering can also be a rhema word? It can be where the Holy Ghost says, hey, I want you to plant this seed today. For me, another rhema word that I had that dealt was dealing with an offering was actually many years ago. Um, I was at a meeting, and a guy was preaching, and honestly, I was listening to the guy preaching, and I said, uh, you know what? I don't even know if I like this guy. I wasn't sure. I was just trying to discern. I was young in the Lord, and I was listening to him. I mean, he had some good things to say, but I just wasn't positive about it. Amen, Johnny. And uh, Johnny has raised hands. And uh, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for pouring out on Johnny. One of the things that happened is uh, it got to the offering time, and I was like, oh, I don't want to give this guy anything. <laughs> What's it? I was like, I don't, want, I don't want to give him anything. And it wasn't because I wasn't a giver. I was a giver. I just I wasn't sure about the guy. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to give this amount, and I remember it was like $300. We had like 250 in the bank account. <laughs> Don't do that if you hadn't heard from the Lord. But uh, I knew when things were coming out, and I knew I could move some stuff over, but I gave basically over what we had to give. And, um, and, but I had heard from the Lord. All that was fine. I didn't miss a beat, didn't miss a bill or anything like that. About... And my dad was watching earlier, and um, if he's still here, I don't know. I don't know that he will remember this, but anyway, I was sitting there, and um, about probably 10 years later, 5 to 10 years later, we needed $2,000 to pay bills because we were just barely getting by. And uh, we needed about $2,000 to pay bills. And sure enough, I mean, just right on time, that money manifested. And uh, I don't remember if, if Dad was the one who gave it to us, but I remember I did talk to Dad at that moment on this one. And uh, I was asking him, you know, for help, I think. And, uh, but the money manifested. But I don't think he gave it. I don't think it was a time where he gave to us, although he helped us multiple times when we were young in adulthood. And um, him and Nicole's parents as well. And, uh, but then the Lord came through. And that money manifested right on time. It was, it was beautiful. Never, never missed. It was beautiful. And as soon as that money manifested, 
The Lord said, do you know why you have this harvest today? Oh, Lord, tell me. He said, do you remember that meeting where I told you to give more than you had to give? I said, yeah, I do. I do remember. That one stuck out to me. (laughs) He said, had you not sowed that seed, you wouldn't have this manifestation today. He said, I gave you, and I'll give you in context today, I gave you a rhema word then for what I knew you would need here. I was, a rhema word will watch after us. It'll show you, man, I've been so tenderhearted this week. That's what fasting will do to you. It gets you in the presence of God. Oh, man, that's not a bad thing. We need more of it, actually, in this world. People that are tenderhearted in the presence of God. And, and the Lord, what had the Lord done? By a rhema word of giving, he had prepared us for a harvest when we needed it the most. He, knew, he knows all that stuff. But see, a lot of people, they're not listening for, they don't want to rhema word when it comes off the top. <laughs> they, they, they want God to talk to somebody else. <laughs> but if we're listening, God will have us right in the right place. You see, it's not always a harvest that saves our rear end. It can also be a harvest where he wants us to put it in a certain stock or something, you know, buy Bitcoin when it's 10 cents a piece and now it's over 30,000 a piece, you know, that kind of stuff. How many believers are in that position? The ones that will hear the rhema and be obedient to sow when God says to sow. So you're welcome to sow today. You don't have to. Nobody has to. But if you'd like to, you're welcome to. And it's important. So you can go on Facebook. You can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount as the example there in the screen. Or on, you can go to giveww.org and you can give there one time or you can partner with us on a recurring basis. And I just want to pray over it. Father, right now, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for a fail-proof system. Your rhema words. And I'll say it again. I've never seen a true rhema word acted upon that has failed. I've never seen it. Every time that I know I've gotten a rhema word, it's worked every time. And it'll work for you because it's God's way. Lord, thank you for your rhema words. Thank you, Lord, for hearts to give. Lord, let every giver, let every sower today, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the overflow. Lord, you're not just enough. Our cup overflows. Lord, we're not just paying our bills. We're the lender. We have abundance for every good work. Let that be for every person that's listening today. Let them have an abundance for every good deed, for every good work. In Jesus' name, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, bring that harvest and manifestation uh, quickly and supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here's Barrett to wrap it up. I love you. I'll see you soon. Amen. We thank you guys for being on with us today. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't done it yet, take this broadcast and share it. If you're on YouTube, what you can do is you can click the link and then send it to people who you know would benefit from hearing this message. And if you're on Facebook, all you've got to do is click the share button and share it to your profile. But we just thank you for being on with us today. You can live a fail-proof life. You can do it. That's how God designed you to live. And we want to know how that is operating in your life. If you have a testimony, 
from what you have received here on What's Right. Maybe you have a surprise check in the mail. Maybe you have something that happens. Go to whatsright.com and share your testimony with us. When we get those in, we're going to have testimony time and we're just going to rejoice with you for what God is doing for you. Or if you prayed today, yes, if you prayed today and it meant something to you, you know that today's prayer shifted something in your life, go to that same website, what's right, W-R-I-G-H-T dot com, connect with us. We want to make sure that you have all the supplies you need to walk a life that's filled with the power of God. We love you so much. We're going to be back tomorrow, same time, same place here on the interwebs at 11.30 a.m. We'll see you tomorrow. We love you.